that's a great way to start things, David. Sorry. Oh, it's all right. I could always edit. Well, yeah, you could just restart it. I, David well, West editing? I, <laughs> hey, talk to Gabe about our last episode. Okay. First of all... First of all... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was. Uh, um, you're still sad about the lost election in the, in the in Georgia system? <laughs> You're but, on a soft bro. Uh, yeah. You enjoy his First uh, off, budgeting. Uh, it would prove whether or not he listened to it afterwards because he swore up and down that I wouldn't edit the episode and I did. Well, what did you edit out? I don't remember. Oh, did you uh, did you edit it into it sounded like gave something inward? No, no. I kind of want to hear the awkward edit of that. Yeah, right? <laughs> Hello, uh, David. You're quite good at turning me on. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably ignore that. I thought it was like uh, when uh, in Homer Batman where he goes on to uh, rock bottom and you can clearly see like the time the clock hands move differently and clearly you know they've edited uh, to make Homer, Homer look bad. Uh, her sweet sweet can. But we were uh, we were were recording at work and then an event showed up like two hours before they were supposed to, uh-huh. so we had to leave, <laughs> and then we went over and finished recording at Fry's. At <laughs> Fry's. Yep. And their little food court. <laughs> You could have done that at the Ikea. That's a rookie move. <laughs> the Ikea's not open yet. Oh, it isn't? No. Oh, it is. oh okay. Well, they you haven't had their meatballs yet? No. <laughs> well, I'm, sorry, I'm sad to say that you're going to have your uh, property values uh, go down because of uh, a group of big, dumb speeds. <laughs> uh, hashtag no sponsorship. I can say that because I'm Scandinavian American. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I took one of those DNA tests uh, two summers ago, and... Uh, Basically, it told me that I have the license to use every slur uh, about uh, Western Europeans and even some Eastern Europeans. It's like when Homer goes to Amish country. Uh, I hung out with be, you in Brooklyn. I can be a jerk and no one can stop me. So in case anybody hasn't realized this yet, this is Andrew, and it's only been three minutes and already two Simpson. Yeah, right? <laughs> Andrew, we've missed you. I've been busy. I work about 50 hours a week. Uh, Forty of which are actually paid. The others are off the. The other ten are off the Ugh. clock. <laughs> Newspaper business for you. Yeah, for sure. Well, but I also right. engage in time theft at work, so it all balances out. <laughs> well, all right. So does that mean you poop on the clock? Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, you have to. Yeah. Of course, it's the best. <laughs> and what's nice is we do get paid lunches, so like. Oh, know, nice. So you know, when I go out and. Uh, take a break from staring at the computer screen, I stare at my phone screen uh, and read articles on Deadspin uh, <laughs> while I go to one of uh, Martinsville's three Mexican restaurants. <laughs> um, so, well, I guess we should go back and say, hi, everybody. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was waiting for you. I mean, when you're here, you do that. Oh, I do. <laughs> you do. I'm the one that brains us in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to Kind of Epic Show. I'm David. And David. <laughs> I'm not David. Yeah, Man, it's been a while. When was the last time you were on? Rogue One? I guess. Yeah, because I wasn't in town for Logan or Rangers or anything. So, yeah, it's been a while. Oh, wow. I think that's (laughs) when I was on last, too, maybe. Damn. Where have you guys been? Chicago. I know. Fair (laughs) enough. (laughs) The newsroom. (laughs) Fair enough. Oh, anyways, uh, what are we talking about today? Well, we just got out of Spider-Man. Yes, we did. Homecoming. Yeah. And, uh... That was a very enjoyable time at the theater. I think before we get into to Spider-Man tonight, I think we need to talk a little bit about Baby Driver. Yes. I think at this moment in time, it's probably my 
second favorite movie of the year after Logan. Okay. <laughs> oh, I keep forgetting about Logan. <laughs> I do. It's been a it's been a hell of a hell of a year. I'm afraid that's gonna happen around Oscar season. Yeah. He's gonna forget about Patrick Stewart, and it's like no, he he deserves something. Some Definitely. Sort of yeah. <laughs> they both do. To be fair. But yeah. Um. So yeah, Baby Driver, like. It, it, it's like Guardians of the Galaxy to a certain degree in the sense that it uses music, uh, you know, at, well... Actively uses music. It, but it, it's crafted to such a degree in Baby Driver that it's almost insane. Because yeah. it's like, it punctuates action, it punctuates edit cuts. Like, the, the, way I, the way I would put it is like, uh, you know, like it's like, uh, used like a musical metaphor. It's kind of like how... Uh, like a band's first EP or album, you know, they're kind of still finding their voice, uh, mm-hmm. or maybe like it's on maybe like their major label, or you know, a couple of releases they kind of break through, and you're like, yeah, you almost see that with Edgar Wright, uh, like in terms of how he uses music, like you know, you see hints of like you know uh, using it to comment. Uh, uh, sorry, it's word painting. I'm trying to think of what the words. I guess the text setting it's a thing like like basically where like uh, the music can, will match the action on screen, like you see that when you like musical scores, like the. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you kind of saw a little bit like hot fuzz, like uh, after you know the actors get decapitated, decapitated. Uh, mm-hmm. Skinner's listening to Romeo and Juliet by Dire Straits, and then even more so in Scott Pilgrim. I, I was gonna say with Scott Pilgrim, they also kind of see like you know the or even Shaun of the Dead with mm-hmm. uh, the, the the queen scene in the bar. Yeah, at yeah. The end of it. <laughs> and like uh, Scott Pilgrim, especially like with you know like the kind of like the real uh, kinetic type of thing, uh, especially during the fight scenes where he. Uh, Especially the first one, he kind of, uh, I think I've heard Edgar Wright describe it as like you know almost like Bollywood musical type thing. Especially the first fight yeah. against Matthew Patel, hmm. and each one is almost like you know a dance battle in a way. Yeah, and they're like hmm. very rhythmic. Uh, well, that's the way you kind of have to look at that movie because mm-hmm. like it's a fight musical in the sense that all of a sudden everybody breaks out into fight instead of song. <laughs> hmm. But uh, so yeah, Baby Driver, like all the supporting characters are great. Yeah, uh, uh, it made me miss John Hamm so much that I started to rewatch Mad Men. He was so <laughs> scary good. Like yeah. if he doesn't get any any anything, I'll be surprised. Well, I, I could see him not getting anything just because I mean, yeah, there's not the enough, level of enough. Depth. I think the movie deserves to at least have like a best screenplay nomination or or well, something. That cinematography, best editing, something. Yeah, yeah something. Screenplay, I mean, like you know, it's a really it's an interesting original idea, but I. I I almost feel like a little, a little thin plot-wise, kind of. Uh, yeah, and, and it underserves the female characters to a great degree. Mm. Like, I, 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 I like that it comments on it, like when uh, Baby and Deborah are having the conversation about how there's no songs about Deborah, mm-hmm. like they're all about Baby. Yeah. Because she she isn't really a full character in herself. She's more like an item of wish fulfillment for Baby. So there's a little bit of a weakness there. Okay. Um, and it's sort of the same for... Uh, um, Monica? Was that it? Or Darling? Is that was that her code name? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Buddy and Darling. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't know why I thought Monica. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a real name. Maybe. Maybe well, you think of Silicon Valley. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But uh, yeah, I mean, she was kind of just there to push John Hamm into the direction he went. Yeah. So I can see that. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't say screenplay. Maybe okay. direction. Okay. Um, cinematography. Yeah. All right. And uh, I can't remember there isn't a word for choreography because that's obviously a big part of the film. Uh, I don't think they have a choreography uh, Oscar anymore. I didn't think so, but I'm not sure if there are other like you know words. Uh, hmm. I guess that I guess that kind of just goes with like direction. Yeah. Could be. I mean, there is that like 
the technical Oscars that nobody pays attention to. Yeah. I, I, I have heard that like uh, <laughs> a couple things I heard about them. I think might even be in the trivia second to Ryan DB, but like uh, John Hamm's character is the only actor who like survived the first table read. Uh, oh. Like, oh. Like his character from the jump, and then. Uh, uh, they put together like an animatic for the film as a reference point, so they could kind of like you know uh, block out uh, what they wanted to do in each scene. They would you know uh, be told you know uh, refer to the animatic for everything. And it's uh, I think Edgar Wright was in the uh, I think either on top or like he was in the car like the, you know the, the car that was being used not the follow car. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure it was uh, it was unclear if it was like you know the car with the camera in it or uh, I guess that would have been the actual vehicle there. But I think he was in that vehicle, and I think John Hamm said it was like. He was like having a uh, sun, it looked like it was a sunburned uh, Muppet uh, flailing about <laughs> on the hood of his car. Yeah, it was, uh, I listened to a podcast uh, earlier today that did an interview with Edgar Wright. What, what podcast? Uh, the uh, Empire. Oh, okay. Like, do they have an official? Well, the Empire podcast. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, they did an interview with uh, Wright talking about the writing of the movie. And he talked about how, like, he had a few songs set up all, like right from the beginning that he wanted to do that oh, were yeah. pretty much the action set pieces. But when he w- did the writing, like, he went through, like, I think he said he had, like, over 30,000 songs on his iTunes thing, and he, like, ordered it by duration, and he just looked for a bunch of things that were, like, two, three minutes long. Oh, and wow. And like, he just started matching from there. I, I oh, started, wow. Uh, I cleared all the songs, because everything was crucial. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and one thing I did, part of it was, like, inspired from his own life, because he had tinnitus when he was a kid. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I read it on an interview. I'm not sure where it was. I can look it up and I'll send it to you guys. Uh, huh. Uh, one of my critiques, I, I read that he had, like, when they were, you know, decided they were going to shoot Atlanta because I think something else fell through. Uh, he did, like, have, like, consultants come on to give it some uh, uh, more of an Atlanta feel. I really can't speak because I really, you know, I've only pat- driven through Atlanta, but uh, I, I mean, I only had, like, Big Boy to do a cameo, but it, w- it would have been. Uh, I was kind of a little bit surprised he didn't have any, like, you know, any of the more, like, modern uh, music coming out of Atlanta, like Mikos or uh, 2 Chains. Uh. Well, it could be, like you said, that, you know, they, if they had to switch locations late in production. Oh, yeah, like, uh, yeah. just a minor... Uh, yeah, there, were not, there was a little nice nods, like you mentioned, uh, like, Ted Turner's building and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Well, yeah, I, 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 the physical stuff I really can't speak on because, you know, I've, I've never been to yeah. Atlanta apart from the airport and then driving through. Yeah, well, you can see the Turner building yeah. when you're driving. Labeled with all the Turner Broadcasting networks. It, it was weird that there really wasn't that much, the traffic really wasn't, wasn't as bad as you expect with Atlanta for parts of the. I mean, that's fair. Well, I did uh, like, like the, during the one uh, uh, chase scene where they had to stop because of traffic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And run to another car. Um, it made me think of Twenty One Jump Street. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was just thinking that when you. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> My name Yef. Sorry, Jump but, Street Two in the beginning. <laughs> but uh. Speaking of 21 Jump Street, how do you guys feel about the Han Solo situation? <laughs> well, let's finish Baby Driver, then we can talk Han Solo. That's a segue that we're not to yet. Um, my, I think my... I'm a little confused on uh, Baby at the towards the end of the movie. Spoilers, getting into actual plot stuff here. Um, did he intend to kill them going to that heist? No, I don't think he intended on killing them. Okay. I think he just intended on killing bats, like, at that moment. Like, okay. He, 
or even maybe a little bit before, because I think the camera specifically shows him noticing the truck. In the yeah, truck. yeah, yeah. But like, I, I, yeah, at that moment he definitely planned to kill Bats. I don't think he planned to kill Buddy or. Okay. I think his plan was, um, like, when I was watching the movie, I thought it was weird that he, like, when it was given his choice to do the heist or not, yeah, he said yes. But I, I thought about it, and I think from his point of view, he preferred the idea of knowing where everybody was while he was trying to get out of there. Okay. Because I, I wasn't sure of his motivations during that whole situation. Well, I think it was pretty much just trying to survive. He okay. was kind of flying by the seat of his pants at that point. Okay. <laughs> he had gotten himself into a pretty shit situation. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Huh. Yeah, I, I actually really did like his uh, his foster dad. Oh yeah, uh, great um, use of sign language too. Yeah, I, 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 actually, uh, I believe he's uh, deaf in real life. Mm. Nice. What else was there? Really good foot chase. Love the foot chase. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's good to know he was also good at like parkour. Yeah. <laughs> just random running around the city. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like uh, I did like the monsters ain't pay off with uh, oh, like yeah, Stacy noticing the. <laughs> The second time he used it, to, you and I are partners. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the same Quoting that movie. monster thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and actually, oh yeah, I, the article I'd read, uh, I'd read it because uh, I was curious about how that got, got cleared because Pixar is in Disney are protective, but uh, I think uh, Pete Doctor either uh, was a fan of Edgar Wright or he saw the script or saw the cover film. Edgar Wright contacted Pete Doctor and then specifically he, asked him to. And then he, uh, to, 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 you know, hey, go ahead, he's cool. Well, yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, Pete Docker had to be the one to push it through Disney because yeah, Disney never normally lets well, people uh, quote their movie. Yeah. Apparently, Edgar Wright's favorite Disney uh, Pixar film is uh, Inside Out, which I thought was interesting. So, if Disney doesn't allow people to like reference their movies, Star Wars are some of the most like quoted and how do, how will that work going I guess forward? It depends because from what I heard today, like a lot of it, like since they're using actual footage. Like, they uh, had to get the agreement from the actors involved and the company. And, like, there's a whole rights issue when you're actually using footage. Okay. But, like, if you're thinking of, like, Ferris Bueller when they use the Star Wars sting while the guys are taking the car out. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just a John Williams thing. Oh, well, well, with that, that would just be through ASCAP or the Harry Fox Agency or whatever, you know, uh, Music publisher, yeah. all the mechanical rights. You had to secure the rights, to, you know, for you know, mm-hmm. a couple things. You had to jump through. Like, I mean, they also had to do pay like probably a separate fee for a home video release. So. Yeah. So that's probably a little easier okay. to do because, like, I guess the question is, when was the last time you actually saw like Star Wars footage in a movie? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um. Uh, what else? I, I imagine you probably don't see it too often. I mean, it's not that they. Uh, it's not that you know they wouldn't do it, but you know, probably there's you know probably a high cost. Like that's why you don't often see like maybe Beatles songs and soundtracks, like ori- the originals, because they're they're pretty pricey. Yeah. Mm. Sorry. Huh. But uh, what else did I? Oh, I also heard that part of the reason they couldn't, like uh, uh, Edgar Wright originally had the Michael Myers mask to sing with two of the Halloween masks, and, and then somebody, one. Yeah, somebody brought just the the, the awesome powers one. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then the Halloween guys wouldn't let him use the mask. It's just Bill Shatner. Was it, would, did Bill Shatner not want to use it? Like, well, their argument was they didn't want the Halloween mask to be used in a scene that was funny. 
they were trying to oh come on <laughs> but yeah so that, then after that edgar wright had to go back to mike myers and be like can i can i use more than one mask can I use <laughs> <laughs> but, um, man he's not doing much except for the gong show well, he kind of doesn't have to. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the last couple of movies he made weren't great, so it's kind of like... the Shreks. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it is probably a smart time for him to just... He's doing the gong show on network television now. Well, yeah, but that's like... Uh, him probably just messing yeah. around. <laughs> yeah. True. True. Wanting something to do. Yeah. <laughs> and he's in full makeup as another character. His name's nowhere is on that, unless you... Well, it's like the Jiminy Glick. Yeah. Uh, What's-his-face? Martin, Martin Short. Yeah. Martin Short, yeah. So, you know, it's just, you know, him and Pat probably just having fun. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I had a bad joke about that. I was like, uh, I wonder if uh, he, when he heard Gong uh, Show, that he's like, oh, time to bring out the old Fu Manchu makeup. Oh. Hello, uh, face is still okay, right? No. 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 <laughs> um, so, yeah, Baby Driver. Yeah, worth seeing. <laughs> definitely worth seeing. I, I'm I'm really glad I went. Yes, I saw it in a Dolby Atmos. Yeah, so did we. Yeah, yeah, we did too. I think I saw it with a bunch of people who, who weren't familiar with the theater because, like, when it started mm-hmm. and it was doing like the pre-show stuff and the seats started to vibrate, people started to freak out. <laughs> I was sitting next to my mom. My mom and dad went with us yesterday, mm. and yeah, they had no idea. <laughs> it, it was quite. I, hell, if you're gonna go see it, try to see it in an Atmos. Yeah, that, that was that was nice. <sighs> it definitely added to the film. <laughs> like I kind of wish going into Spider Man, we would have had that too. Like when they were doing like the at the beginning when the sound check was going around with like the webs thwipping. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah. The, the sound felt a little, a little off even before the. I know it was supposed to be like at that for uh, his home movie, but like uh, the, yeah, from the previous was like. It, was, it felt like very, you know... Well, maybe the sound wasn't calibrated right or something. But that, then after, you know, the movie, everything was... Yeah. And clicked and it was fine. Hmm. So, yeah, go see Baby Driver. So you want to talk about Han Solo, huh? Well, I don't know. It seems like a point of... Yeah, we haven't really talked about it yet. <laughs> um, I, it feels like another Edgar Wright Ant-Man situation. Yeah. Where it, 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 they got Ron Howard to replace the... Uh, Chris Lord and um, Phil Miller. Yeah. And uh, it's like, okay, you're going to put out a, a, a product that's going to be all right. We're going to sit there and be, well, all right, that was fine. That was yeah. horrible. But also at the same time, you're always going to think in the back of your head, what would have been? Yeah. Because, like, especially after seeing Guardians 2 and how weird that movie was. Like, what was Marvel not wanting Edgar Wright to do? Yeah, it's like, what was wrong? (laughs) Especially considering the Ant-Man that we had had a lot of stuff that felt very Edgar Wrighty. Like the the, the Michael Pena. Yeah. That felt like an Edgar Wright joke. Yeah. It's just... I I mean, I I guess I sort of get it. Like, when you read in the detail, uh, you know, what various sources have said... Uh, was the concern like how the, the the two were filming like they weren't filming a lot of setups mm-hmm. that they like I guess regular big budget directors would for the sake of the editing but yeah. they were filming what they wanted to film because they probably knew what they wanted yeah <laughs> definitely it is weird though like you know you wouldn't shoot uh, extra coverage yeah just, yeah just it case, is kind of uh, odd well I, I mean I guess it depends on how they uh, how they worked on 21 Jump Street yeah. 22 Jump Street yeah I mean, 
you can't really argue with the product that they. No, out. no. <laughs> Definitely it, not. It's, I guess probably you know. But uh, Star Wars also has a a look and feel to them. Well, I kind of don't want the feel or look. Yeah. From these side movies. But even Rogue One had it. Yeah, and maybe it didn't need it. Yeah. And even then, they broke with it a little bit. But also, at the same time, it's like... Rogue One was alright. I haven't bought it. I oh, don't really? I plan on buying it. Really? I don't plan on rewatching it. I, I saw it once, and that was good enough for me. I, oh. I actually kind of found it boring. Yeah, I, found, I saw it twice. Yeah. And the second time, I was like, God, this is a slog. Oh, yeah, that first like hour, hour and a half before stuff goes down. I've only watched it once since I bought it, but I'm also a completist. Yeah, I, I don't plan on getting that. Would you get it in a complete no. box set? Because I already have them all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I guess if like we're talking like two formats from now, yeah, and they do the big box that's uh-huh. in there. Hey, I, I, just I mean, I've got I like Indiana your Jones. Well, you'd be alive then. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm sorry, like your optimism that you know the. Uh, Earthmobile being a uh, scorched hellscape where we uh, <laughs> fight each other to the death for water. Hell, that might come. Next... That might come before we even get episode fucking eight this year. But uh, I mean, yeah, if it's in there, fine. But yeah. it's like Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I yeah. have it. Doesn't mean I, it ever comes out. I of do case. too. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. I have. I got in a box set. <laughs> I haven't even got them on Blu-ray. I'm not yeah. saying it's that bad, but I'm also saying that I don't. I mean, you, 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 you keep it to chop up your cocaine, but you don't have a credit card handy. <laughs> um, so, Rogue One's uh, Crystal Skull bad. All right. No, no, I didn't say that. That's <laughs> what I went back to clarify. But, um, so, yeah, it's just one of those things with the Han Solo film where you're like, well, I'm not that excited at all. Especially if like, he considered like part of the issue is that they were doing a lot of improv on set. Yeah. And you're like, well, you have people like Donald Glover there improving. It's probably better than what's in the script. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of tough, but I, I mean, it but, is Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah, but you gotta also have. The, if, if anyone knows Star Wars, it's Lawrence Kasdan. I feel as if you have uh, have to let go of that ego a little bit. Yeah. And let people contribute. Yeah. <laughs> that's, well, why you, that's why you shoot a lot of coverage because, like, you know, uh, you can if, fix. If the improv doesn't work, then you know. Well, they always shot the script. Yeah. Yeah. They always made sure to do that. And then they would go and do what they wanted yeah. to. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Well, I I'm wondering. I had heard that, like Disney got a sizzle reel, for the film and loved it. They loved what they saw. Hmm. But then Lucasfilm had hired a acting coach for Alden Ehrenreich or however you say his name. Uh, because they weren't happy with his performance. Well, I've heard acting coaches aren't, you know, uncommon on sets. Yeah. It just surprised me to hear because he's far, he's fucking great in Hail Caesar. I haven't, uh, I haven't seen Hail Caesar yet. I need oh to. Oh, my God. There, there's this great... Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Uh, it's on Voodoo. Yes, I've I got it for you, so... <laughs> Uh, there's this great scene with him and uh, Ray Fiennes uh, where he's like a cowboy actor uh, and uh, he's like in this, like, uh, like almost like... Uh, I think it was before Merchant Ivory, but like a drawing room mm-hmm. type drama, and uh, he was like, "Would it would that it were tw- would that it were so simple?" And it's like, "Would that it were so simple?" Huh. And uh, it's like, it, uh, he, he goes back and forth, Ray finds and eventually uh, thinks she. It's I won't spoil, but it's a really funny scene. Uh, the whole that movie is very polarizing. I went to see it. Uh, 
the opening Thursday, and I was the only one left in the theater uh, by the end of it. People walked out. It's like, it's like, it's like you know, you you came out on opening night to see a Coen Brothers film, and you're walking out. Uh, yeah, what were you, what were you wanting? Because hmm. some of their stuff is, I mean, yeah. This, this is like goofy, like you know, on par with uh, Burn After Reading. Uh, okay. Uh, it all, kind of, honestly kind of reminds me of like Inherent Vice and the Big Lebowski a little bit, where it, you know, it's I mean, not as not as much of a Shaggy Dog story, uh, but like you know, kind of like a you know whodunit type of thing and taking place mm-hmm. in L.A. Gotcha. Know, maybe a little bit a little bit of dash of Robert Altman with like you know multiple characters and kind of you know. Uh, Balancing multiple storylines. I mean, uh, good corollary to that. If you haven't seen any, any Altman films, uh, I've really only seen Popeye, to be honest. I mean, I know, like, The Player and National, yeah. I know of those, but uh, Boogie Nights uh, okay. kind of is like yeah. an Altman type, type of feel. Yeah. And even huh. Magnolia. Uh, but, I mean, there's reports coming out that, that he had basically turned Han Solo into Ace Ventura. Yeah, I think I saw something on that, and I didn't like the where the source was coming from. Oh. Like, I feel as if, like, I was waiting for like the Hollywood Reporter or Variety report that. Gotcha. It seemed like Hollywood Reporter was like doing some actual one, investigating into what happened, and neither of them mentioned it. Okay. So I, I'm sure. I, I kind of, I don't really believe All that. All right. One, one take I've heard on the acting coach thing is, you know, it might not have been that he was bad, but they're like, you know, yeah, that was good, but, you know, uh, we want you to be more like Harrison. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean... One thing I, I've been concerned about that movie ending with him being a good guy. Han Solo shouldn't be a good guy at the end of that movie. He should be that dick. He should he should not be that relatable. He should be. Uh, w- w- one take I heard that was kind of interesting, like a way to kind of set that up. Uh, maybe uh, have like Han get burned by somebody like uh, in the film, or like you know, where like you know, maybe you know his intent. He's you know, kind of getting on the path to that, but he's you know like. You know, he's been, you know, double cross or, you know, like, you know, I'm only look out for myself. Uh, but, you know, like, there's, you know, there's element, you know, there's shivers of him, you know, changing, you because, know, I mean, otherwise, you know, like, the big story arc really, he has a really interesting arc in uh, four and five and six uh, where, you know, becomes uh, a hero. Uh, even in the first film, uh, going from, you know, kind of in a scoundrel only looks at, looks after himself to, you know, coming back doing to the right those. thing. Yeah. yeah. Coming back and saving the day. Mm-hmm. I, I almost, you know, too bad they're not canon because, I mean, I think it would have been kind of interesting if uh, something like with you know with how he meets up with Chewbacca and like you know he was like an Imperial officer and fight cutting gets kicked out. I mean, they might still use pieces of that. Yeah. We don't know. But it, but it just like considering how some of the best movies of this year have relied almost entirely on the director's voice, like Get Out and Baby Driver, mm-hmm. even One Woman to a certain degree. I mean, like, Patty Jenkins fought for No Man's Land. Studio didn't want it. Yeah, and it's like that. that's the scene. Yeah, that's, that's the that that makes the movie. And it, it, and considering that, sometimes it's hard to be okay with the the studio or the producers mm. hamstring directors like that when it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> I I almost want to like you know I, I think one uh, cause of that might be. Uh, I mean, like, the general trend in movies is, like, reboots and recycling, uh, playing it safe because, you know, uh, like, original properties generally, you know, don't do too well at the box office, but I guess, you know, it's almost like a Catch-22 situation where, you know, they don't do well, but because nobody takes a chance, nobody takes a chance because they don't do well. I kind of like that this year it seems as if the majority of the public, or at least domestic public, are, are yeah. rejecting stuff like you the know, like, or Transformers. Uh, yeah. 
because it's kind of like, no, we're done I, with this. I, w- <laughs> I would love for The Mummy to do well. I would I haven't seen it, but I wish that movie would have been good because I like the idea of that connected monster movie. Um, but like, uh, but then you have Tom Cruise as an action hero, and that doesn't fit with the Mummy movies. <laughs> um, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, obviously, you know, uh, the situations aren't ideal, but you know, uh, one could argue that you know the current world climate uh, is you know the most uh, tumultuous it's been since you know the '60s, and then you know. A film in general, you know, it takes, you know, uh, kind of reacts a little bit slower maybe than, you know, other uh, mediums and genres. Uh, like, you know, the, you see, like, the 70s tour movement uh, kind of almost a reaction to the 60s. So, you know, maybe part of that is, like, you know, some of these films were kind of a reaction to what's happened over the last eight years. You know, the in- increased uh, gulf between rich and poor, uh, kind of, you know, the uh, dissolving of uh, social safety nets, uh, community, that type of thing, you know. Fragmentation. So maybe that's kind of. You know, I'm, you know, I hesitate to say we're in a new uh, tour era, but maybe, uh, maybe there, maybe you know, there's room for. Uh, I, I think there's definitely a room for that voice. I think we need it, hmm. especially well. with like, even Logan. I'm. I mean, I'm sure most of that was just up to Mangold. Mangold. Yeah. Especially with. Like Jackman taking such a huge pay cut to make that movie what they wanted to make it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it really allowed them to take that risk of making an R-rated Wolverine film. Because mm-hmm. he, I mean, he took a fraction of. I think he took the minimal. Yeah, I, I, but I, I think like it's it's success and stuff shows that the you know, audiences want to watch something that's new. Yeah, they don't always want to watch the same thing over and over. And that's the danger about putting out Star Wars movies that always feel the same to a certain degree. I mean, that's the way Marvel has avoided... The way Marvel has avoided that is that they uh, uh, make every movie something almost completely different in tone and so forth. Or at least by uh, doing they do. And doing it to today. Even today, this movie was completely different than anything else Marvel's done. Yeah, it, it was... It's fresh. Yeah, it is. Did you guys want to write any credits? Chris McKenna, Community. Oh, he was on that? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, John Francis Daly. So, uh, like, uh, like, it had some good credits. I I, I was a little overwhelmed when I saw six writers on the screen. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) It worked. Last time I saw that many writers on a superhero movie was fucking Green Lantern. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Spider Man Homecoming was, like, legitimately surprising. Yeah. There was a moment in there where I legitimately gasped, where I was like, oh, oh. Was it, well, this uh... Is, well, it's when, uh, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Right. From this point on, we were going deep into Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, yeah, when Adrian opens the door... That's what I was going to say, yeah. Like, that you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. That was legitimately surprising. <laughs> I, I mean, like, maybe I had, maybe I had, like, a slight inkling, but, like, during the party, I was like, I wonder, uh, but it wasn't anything that, you know, I really... Mm-hmm. The I mean, they could have easily had some awkward, like, meeting with her parents that wasn't Adrian. Well, yeah, but they, they did something ingenious. Yeah, with it. oh, yeah. It's that, and then the scene afterwards in the car, as, like, you watch Michael Keaton realize who Peter is. Yeah. It's just, it's tremendous. It's like, okay, this is why Michael Keaton wanted to do this. Yeah. Because you, you, you know he, he, he avoids this kind of crap now. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, you actually... No, I've been nominated for an Oscar. I, <laughs> I, I don't have to just... 
but you gave me something nice. legitimately interesting to do. Yeah. <laughs> I already put on a plastic bird suit. Uh. Twice. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, my, uh, Michael Keaton, his vulture is probably one of the best Marvel villains in a good while. In a long while. Yeah, I think, like, he's actually, you know, a fully fleshed out character. He's, you know, you can, you're kind of sympathetic to him in a way. You can kind of see why. Uh, Movie opens with him. Yeah. Yeah. I actually thought he was going to be damaged, like his crew was going to be damaged. I thought they were too, yeah. And then they set it up as like a government agency, and you're like, oh, well, that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, yeah, they like watching him get fucked over. You're kind of like, oh. They never call him the Wrecking Crew. Is that what it was supposed to be? Yeah. Oh. Yep. I mean, it makes sense. But, uh, and I like that, and I like the way they dealt with the Shocker. Yeah. I I did find it funny. The second guy to become Shocker still wore that same hoodie. Well, I, I feel like a, that actually had something to do with the gauntlet. Oh, like yeah. an insulation or yeah. something? L- okay. Like, like Quilt Man's yeah, uh, costume. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, at first, like, maybe, uh, well, because uh, Chance and I had a joint session in his car. Yeah, yeah, we figured. Uh, but, like, uh, I, I We thought, called that. I thought that, like, his assistant, uh, I was like, is that Doug Benson? Because that would have been hilarious. Uh, <laughs> but no, it was, like, it was like the brother, I think, from Orange is the New Black, and also the guy who ran the pawn shop in uh, Men Black 3. I don't know. Um, but, uh... I did like Hannibal Burris as the, uh, gym teacher. <laughs> yeah. His couple things, yeah, they were funny. Well, Especially the Captain America. Did, did you guys ever watch, uh... Audi released a tie-in, uh, video that. with, uh, uh, DJ Smoove? Or mm-hmm. J.B. Smoove? Yeah, J.B. Smoove. As, I thought he was the principal in that, like, but he was also doing, like, oh, driver's uh, ed. Speaking of the principal, did you notice that, uh, I, I believe it's the same actor uh, who was uh, one of Jury's Howling Commandos. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I thought I saw something in the background. Yeah, I saw yeah. I saw an old, like, war, like the, the, World War II picture. That's why I made the connection that I assumed it was the same actor. Or, and it was uh, yeah, the same least, actor? I believe, or at least it was, you know. Like, okay. That's yeah. neat. Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, wait, is he supposed to be the son of the Commandos? Nice. Because, yeah, it had the photo and, like, Which the Which, may, maybe, like, if okay. that's the case, maybe that meant why, was the reason why he, uh, when he's seen on Pete, maybe he knows. Probably uh, not. No, no, probably not. That's a bit of a stretch. But, uh, so, yeah, Michael Keaton, he, he was definitely one of the best parts of the movie. Yeah. Um, Tom Holland was great. Tom Holland was perfect. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's almost a little off-putting to see Peter being played so young. But it works so well. Yeah, I, I mean, this is what we've been wanting. I mean, when Andrew Garfield took the role, he was twenty-eight. Yeah, yeah, he was still pretty good. He, yeah, I li- I. But like, I liked Garfield Spider-Man. Yeah, they, the second movie they shoved him into. Uh, um, uh, yeah, it's the same, same actor. He was Principal Morita in. Uh, okay. Nice, cool. Oh. Yeah, that's a nice touch. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Tom Holland was great. Um, another like I I don't know if it's like you know, coincidence, but in, like the establishing shot in the school, uh, like uh, there's a girl behind Peter with uh, white hair that I was like, Felicia Hardy. Well, well probably think, not. Probably not. I was thinking, well, kids dye their hair and like. Not with what else is going on at Sony and their Spider-Man movies that don't exist with Spider-Man. You know, I actually really want to see Felicia Hardy in one of these now. Yeah. Just because if they played it like how Bendis played it in Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. Where it's like this 20-something-year-old woman trying to... <laughs> seduce Spider-Man? I, I, I just want to see Tom Holland deal yeah. with that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Didn't she puke on him? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, uh, once they made out and she realized... Yeah. Like, there was a great panel of, like, once the mask was off, 
it was like Peter doing like kissy faces and she pe- <laughs> uh, I, I thought I thought of the Bendis Spider-Man like for uh, like uh, I think it was when he was chasing after the car uh, like at, at, during the party scene mm-hmm. like uh, when uh, he uh, hits a ride uh, like in the airport in the airplane like he had like a little cubby hole on sna- like a he wore like a lot of clothes. He wore a flu and baggage, I think. It was like something with a Green Goblin arc, I want to say. Another Green Goblin arc, maybe. It's been a while since I've read Ultimate Spider-Man, but he... It was on a... He like hitched, uh, snuck on a plane. I forget what the story Oh, arc. it was a Hollywood arc with Doc Yeah, Doc. yeah. okay. That, that, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Um, God, what was I going to say? Ah. Um, what were you going to say? I'm trying to remember now. Air. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was actually trying to look up the issue of Spider-Man when the uh, debris had fallen on him, and he's trying to lift himself out. What was that, 32? Uh, yeah, I think so. Issue oh, 32. Yeah, it was I mean, when like, Doc Ock um, was some secret organization, was leading some sort of secret organization yeah. or something. But yeah, they po- totally pulled that scene out. They did, and it was, uh, as soon as he was trying to lift himself up, I was like, holy shit. That's that. That's that. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's what it I, is. I noticed scene like where it was like a Spider-Man annual, like where he's trapped in a like debris and stuff. Uh, I I also thought we we're gonna get like the. I mean, we see no issue thirty-two's the... rampage of uh, the man on a rampage. That's not it. Um, here it is. Thirty-three is the next one. Issue thirty-three. So that's close. Yeah, yeah and, and even having the like water, like water coming down and. Mm-hmm. I was just like, man, they really did pull this off. <laughs> it made me also think about like with stuff with the Tinkerer and stuff uh, like the uh, Mark Miller uh, Marvel Knight Spider-Man, like the weapons thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, my... <laughs> man, I do not remember Mark Miller's <laughs> Marvel Knight's run, except for the weird Superman character. Well, was it the was it the, uh, was it the that also... wasn't Miller? That wasn't. It was the Marvel Knights. Was, Spider-Man book. It was the one after uh, Hudlin did that. Okay, Hudlin did that. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Well, I want to say with that, what, wasn't like the thing like, uh, or like uh, he discovered like all like like one, the Pinker supplied the weapons systems to like every other supervillain. Uh, I, I think it's considered non-canon or whatever, but. I don't know. Yeah, it's been a while since. I, I, it sounds vaguely familiar. I think I borrowed it from you in high school actually. <laughs> yeah, one of Jesus us probably Christ, had it. That was a long yeah. time ago. But uh. Would you, would you like more beer? No, no. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, Tom Holland was great. His friend was great. Like, uh, I, I, honestly, I honestly don't think there's anything in the movie that I can point at that I can pick at. Yeah. Uh, that's, that, I mean, that, I, that's part of the great thing of the movie, really, is that, honestly, I don't think there is anything to for me to... About. But there's so much to talk about because of all the stuff that we loved. I think that's great. It, it does fan service so well. And I, I did sort of like the treatment of hot AMA. Like, yeah. uh, however, all the businessmen and queens are like trying to get on her. <laughs> uh, and his canon, Peter Parker is a wop. Yeah. Oh, I guess. I, I'm, I'm joking, of course. But, uh, <laughs> well, one, uh, at least Aunt May is. Yeah. yeah. And because. Richard Parker was your brother, or at least uh, or Ben is ben, Richard's brother. Ben is Richard's That's brother. Right. Yeah. But maybe uh, I got it confused because of that stupid fucking trouble. Uh, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, oh, see that stuff. That that's down. Yeah, no, <laughs> Did you actually read it? 
Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. I guess the one thing that I felt was a little too on the nose was at the end when um, Michelle introduced herself, or at least finally said her name, and she said everybody calls me MJ. That seemed a little, like, well, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you were fun. Yeah. I mean, you didn't have to come out and say, oh, I'm, call me MJ. Yeah, that seems... They could have just called her, like, Miss Watson or... Even though I think they were also hinting at the end that she figures... Peter's Spider-Man? Yeah, probably. Probably. It's not that hard to figure out. No. Attention. <laughs> uh, actually, I think this is also the, the first Spider-Man movie to heavily feature Flash Thompson. Yeah. And not a traditional Flash Thompson. Well, he's still a dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, wait, Flash was in the first one for, for a healthy amount. Not really. Uh, I don't know. Joe Maginello's Flash Thompson? Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, he just bullies him at the beginning and then falls off the face of the earth for... Yeah, 30-year-old high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so it was Tobey Maguire. But... Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it is funny to this... compare, like, the high school setting of that first Spider-Man yeah. to the high school setting in this. This one feels a lot more authentic. Oh, yeah. Like, everyone everybody... in here feels like they're in high school. I, I almost have to believe that the majority of them are, at least the extras and stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a, Holland, I think, is already 20, but... Yeah, he, he turned 20... Well, I mean, when he took the role, he was 16. Really? Yeah. Huh. I didn't think he was that young. Maybe 17? I don't know. 16, 17. Excuse me. I mean, he just turned 20, so three years. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Probably got cast when he was 16 for Civil War, and then that movie was in production for over a year. I just got a funny idea, like, for a fan video, like, the his home movies at the beginning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, score them to Joe Cocker's version of uh, With a Little Help Walk <laughs> yeah. like, it's The Wonder Years What else was there? I liked the idea uh, at the end uh, when Tony's giving him the MCU version of the Iron Spider suit Oh yeah uh, Having a press conference to announce a new yeah. Avenger Yeah I thought that was cute and like, I, That's funny I, I thought that was a neat way of showing uh, of having Pepper come back. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that at all. No, I was like, oh, oh, that's cute. And then they pulled out the engagement ring from and, what Iron Man two. And, and yeah, he said two thousand eight. Yeah, so eight was the first one. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, oh, those those two take place very close together. That's why I was wondering what the timeline was because uh, of yeah. like you know the New York thing being eight years ago. Yeah, yeah I was a little put off when it that. was what five it came out five years ago. 2012. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, five years. So, yeah, I guess it is kind of weird with the timeline. I wonder what they did, it's meant to be now. Anyway, um, but yeah, having her come back was cute. And I liked the engagement ring thing because she yeah. was like, we got to have something better than that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I like the use of Stark. Folks, yeah, uh, he I have some bad news about Captain America. Uh, you guys know Hydra? Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, turns out uh, Cap is a Nazi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I actually like that. So he might, so he might technically be a war criminal now, but uh, <laughs> I'm still gonna play this. Yeah, caps. Uh, I, I did like a bunch educational of educational videos. Yeah, they, they were the best, especially like that 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 post credit scene. Had yeah, one of the best ones since Shwarma. Yeah, I agree. 
because that was just genius. You were not gonna go. I don't want to go into details for that until they see it. But yeah, I, I applaud it. Yeah, I same like here. Uh, speak, do you guys see the thing? What Hannibal Burris did? He paid a guy money to be his double to stand uh, in for him. The premiere. Yeah, yeah I, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I might have noticed. Uh, like, uh, all right, uh, if you're the real Hannibal Burris, tell your. Uh, I'll give you some money. I'll buy you a beer. Tell the pickle juice joke. <laughs> what else was there? Donald Glover. Was great. I liked how it called him the Prowler on his yeah, rap sheet. That. And yeah. That's what. That's what I was like. I was like, why do they have uh, Dwayne McGuffey? He's like, oh yeah, didn't he uh, rewrote the? Cause no, Bendis, Bendis and Sarah Bacelli created uh, Glover's character because he's Miles Morales' uh, uncle. Yeah, but the Prowler's been around for ages. Well, yeah, but he's. I, mm. Was it not Aaron Davis? Well, Prowler was like Stan Lee era. Oh yeah. So I, Dwayne McD- McDuffie was there because of damage control. Okay. Okay. okay yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um. So yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised Bagley wasn't on there. Yeah. Because he sort of think. You know, was Bendis yeah. listed? Yeah, Bendis okay. was one of the special. He was like the first. For the first one. Things. I, okay. Yeah, but yeah, Bagley kind of. I think I saw Bagley spray painted on a building in the background. Oh, nice. Which I thought was cute. Um, <laughs> So, yeah. Um, all the stuff with Stark and Happy was great. Yeah. Right. I'm glad they didn't overuse Stark. Because that's yeah. one thing I was really worried about in the trailers. It was like, how much of the how much of the movie is he actually going to be in? I actually think it's interesting to consider. Like, there's a lot of shots from the trailer that aren't in the movie. Oh, yeah. I know they specifically said that shot of uh, Iron Man and Spidey flying through Queens mm. was made for the trailer. Which makes sense. Yeah. But uh, wasn't there like a scene with the vulture like coming down a building? Yeah, that was that was shot for a scissor reel for Comic Con. Oh, so okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, I almost don't mind them putting in footage that isn't going to be in the movie. No. It's like, oh, okay, we're we're actually going to be surprised still. Yeah. <laughs> and like the Washington Monument, we we didn't know what that scene was going to entail. Especially, okay, we saw him on top and then jumping over the, the helicopter, but we never knew. They never showed us anything inside, yeah. which was nice. Yeah, there was a, it was nice going into that movie, because there was a lot of it that you know, was legitimately surprising. Yeah. Oh, um, so, yeah, I'm not sure if it was in the credits or not, but the uh, uh, the voice of Peter's AI in his suit was uh, Jennifer Connelly, who is married to Paul Bettany. So, I don't know. I thought that was super <laughs> It's cute. a nice touch. <laughs> uh, th- that kind of reminds me, like, it's, uh, I mentioned Inherent Vice earlier, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson is married to uh, uh, Maya Rudolph, and her mother is Minnie Ripperton, and there's a scene where she's working as a secretary, uh, and there's a Minnie Ripperton song playing. Uh, oh. What do you guys think about the lack of spider sense? I feel like it's... They almost implied it a little bit. So. Yeah, like they don't like overdo it. I think it's there. I didn't even I didn't even think about it. He mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. because like even like the scene where and I, I know it's caused some complaints and and stuff before the movie came out. I mean, I guess it depends on how they define the spider sense. Like yeah. when he goes into the room and Ned's sitting there on the bed. Yeah. You think it would have? But he's not being threatened. Yeah, that's the thing. Is that yeah. you had to define it like that. He's yeah. not being threatened. Because they sort of implied it in Civil War when they were talking about how his 
senses are like super Heightened. amplified. And yeah, that's part of okay. the reason he needs to wear a mask. Gotcha. So it's just it's just not. Is a, that where they talked about the lenses? Yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember where where that was. Okay. But um. So yeah, I I think it's there. It's just done in a way where they don't need to like stop and have stuff go around his head. Yeah. And put him in the slow mo and stuff. Huh. And, you know, they, they confirmed a lot of stuff before this movie was coming out. Like, uh, Peter's the kid at the Stark Expo in Iron Man 2. Which is cute. It's cute. Yeah, they confirmed that. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's Peter Parker. Sure. I yeah, mean, sure. Ultimately, doesn't matter. No, it sure, doesn't, it's but cute. it's kind of neat. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if in, like, a sequel or in the next Avengers film, they, they call back to it. That'd be a nice little touch. Hmm. And make it official canon instead of them just being like, yeah, yeah that's sure, Peter Parker. Whatever. Well, okay, here's or, a question. Or, like, Ben dying in the Battle of New York. Mm. Hmm. Um, so here's a question. Uh, they, they've mentioned that Iron Man isn't going to be in the next one. Mm-hmm. That they're going to use another Marvel character as the sort of the touchstone. Which one do you think it should be? Daredevil. <laughs> Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson would be cute. Should be Daredevil. I was thinking Doc Strange. Oh, that'd be awesome, too. I feel like that would be a good. That would be fun. Putting Peter in that situation, yeah, would be fun. Especially like they were talking. Uh, I was reading something just before we were recording where uh, Foggy said they specifically want to do villains that haven't been in the previous movies. Yeah, so um, obviously Scorpion or um, like Mysterio would be like a, a sort of neat one for Peter to run into. Yeah, and then he he goes to Strange and he's like. So there's this guy that's doing weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and you could make, make Mysterio a bit more mystical. Make yeah. him Bruce Campbell. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be the best. <laughs> Especially considering, uh, well, Mysterio is hopping universes in the comics, so. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Spider-Man. Yeah. Right? You know, like he was the bad guy in Spider-Man, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know, you know who he needs to be the villain, I think? The Green Goblin. I, I, I want Norman Osborn in the MCU. I mean... Uh, well, maybe. I think it would be, be a fun uh, counterpoint to Tony Stark. Like a, a fun, evil version I, oh, of Tony uh, speaking Stark. Of, speaking of, like, uh, I found out... Uh, you know how I, I, you know, I said, you know, wouldn't it be cool if in the first Iron Man there was a shot of uh, Jeff Bridges, like, reaching for the Kahlua and reconsidering? Apparently, like, uh, apparently, like, in, like, uh, an Easter, visual Easter egg and, like, so, like the specs for his armor, there's, like, a Lebowski joke. Uh, oh. <laughs> That's funny. Um. But I feel like the thing about introducing Norman is that I feel like Adrian is a really good arch nemesis. Yeah. Especially since he already knows who Peter is. Yeah. I, I feel like there's a lot more there to work with. I feel it would be more interesting to focus more on that than to introduce the Goblin. Mm, that's fair. Especially if they're leaning towards doing a Sinister Six. Yeah. Which, what we've already got, we've got Vulture, Shocker, Scorpion, Tinker, if you want to count him. Probably yeah. shouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. How many, were there any other villains? That Prowler, I guess, if you really wanted to... But he I, I don't see him being friendly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean that. Yeah, that scene that had to have been my favorite scene in the movie. Like when he turned this on the Batman what, voice. Yeah, this is what you need to get better at. <laughs> this is part of the job that you need to get better at. Yeah, that 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 was just that was great. And of course, the uh, mentioning his nephew. Mm. Yeah, I didn't know that I haven't really read anything with Miles. I was like, oh, is that Miles' uh, reference? Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, My, Miles exists in MCU. Shots of introducing him in some fashion. Yeah. It'll happen when uh, Peter gets killed in the in, in, in the Infinity War Part Two. Now the three movie plan with Peter. Yeah. Or six movie plan with Peter. Yeah, they already said Homecoming is going to be the first movie that takes place in the post Infinity War phase. Yeah. So I guess Phase Four. Yeah. And at this point, you think this movie is going to make huge money this weekend? Sony needs to rethink their Marvel plans. Like, oh, what the like the Venom? And yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 I find it funny that they, you know, had it clarified. That yeah. No, they're not going to have anything to do with the Marvel universe. But also at the same time, it's kind of hard for me not to be a little intrigued by Tom Hardy as Venom. You can't have Venom without Spider-Man. You just can't do it. Yeah. I'm willing to wait and see what they do. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't care that much. Bring back Andrew Garfield. <laughs> but shove it in that universe? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? That was kind of funny. Be like, oh, we got our Spider-Man movies. Uh, Andrew, I mentioned it to David. I, I really wish like there was some deal with Fox and Marvel for, for Fantastic Four and them selling Avengers Tower to like the Baxter Foundation or something that would have been I would have just I would have squeed out loud <laughs> I would have I would have probably cried because if if any part of Marvel is now missing it's a Fantastic Four mm-hmm. uh, I don't I don't give a shit about the X-Men joining the MCU <laughs> but the Fantastic Four yes they need to be there at this point especially since they'd probably just do a great job with it yeah and, you know my my go to if anybody ever asked me what I would want from a Fantastic Four movie, it'd be like the Hickman run. Mm. Just give me this globe-trotting... Super hard sci-fi. Yeah. Multi-dimensional travel uh-huh. bridge thing. Yeah. Hell, you, you could even uh, like uh, tie in the Guardians by him uh, uh, resetting off the Annihilation Wave or something. But mm. I, I guess... Uh, Actually, speaking of which, this is one thing that I really liked... I liked how it. I wish more of their movies would do this, especially since we're going to be having Infinity War Part One, and then other movies coming out, and then Part Two. Mm-hmm. I hope they tie into it, kind of like how the opening of this heavily tied into Civil War. There's overlap, or even like it, you know tied into the end of Avengers at the beginning too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it might help a little bit since they specifically said that it's not really meant to be part one and part two. Yeah, 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 for sure. To be their own film. Mm -hmm. So it might be a little easier to do. But it just kind of gives you that scale of, like, while reading comic books, Civil War having tie-ins, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you have the event, and then you have these other titles that touch it. I guess it depends on what they want. Like, what comes out? Ant-Man? Ant-Man and Captain Marvel? Yeah, that might be it. Yeah. Can't think of anything else, because Black Panther's in February, so mm-hmm. Black Panther, Avengers, Ant-Man, then Captain Marvel, yeah. Avengers. But, um... So, yeah. Man, there's so much we could talk about with Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, Let's go see it, guys. It's, <laughs> it's probably one of Marvel's best standalone hero movies for yeah. quite some time. Yeah, when you said it was your, your, your favorite superhero movie of the summer so far, I... I don't... I can't really include Logan in that. 
Well, yeah. It does, it's not. A, it's not a superhero movie. <laughs> but uh, uh, at first, I was sort of wrestling with that idea. But yeah. I think when comparing Vulture to Ego, that's what pushes it over for me because they do such a good job of the villain in this. Yeah. It's hard not to consider it one of the better ones. Yeah, it just felt so fresh, even for you know we're nine years into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This just feels fresh. Yeah. So good job, Marvel. Yeah. Definitely made the best Spider-Man movie. You definitely made the best Spider-Man movie. Uh, The Raimi ones just don't hold up for me. They just don't. I'd want to watch two again before I. Because that's the one that like it's probably one of those things where. You know, The Dark Knight is obviously superior, but like watching the Bird and Batman movies. They're yeah, still pretty good. <laughs> they're still fun. Yeah, <laughs> and then of course every everything is better than the last set that came. So yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's all I have. We could go on and on. Actually, I did pull up. I've been doing this every time that we don't have anything negative to say about movies. I've been pulling up the Rotten Tomatoes negative reviews. Because it's funny. <laughs> okay, let's see here. Spider-Man: Homecoming currently sitting at certified fresh at ninety-three percent. But let's pull up this one negative review that I saw. Let's see here. Is just one? Uh, this is the first one I came across. Armand White. Uh, New England Movies <laughs> Weekly. Daniel Kimmel says Aunt May seems to have discovered the fountain of youth. Rosemary Harris was 75, Sally Field was 66, and Marissa Tomei is 53. Aunt May will soon be younger than her nephew. Wait, that's, that's the, the snippet. That's the snippet they took for that negative review. That's odd. Yeah. Honestly, this was probably one of the more interesting Aunt Mays. Uh, honestly, my, probably my favorite Aunt May, I mean, Aunt May is probably uh, Bendis' Aunt May. Yeah, which I think this is... Kind of what they're going for, where she kind of she just looks a little younger because her hair isn't gray. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but the, 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 like, yeah, like, like she kind of dressed like a bohemian. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I want to learn more about this hand. Like, what's... <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> uh, you have a type, Drew. Yep. But uh, no, like, uh, like uh, I also kind of like that we didn't have to see uh, Uncle Ben die again, mainly because I love his rice products. So <laughs> like, uh, uh, well, I mean, okay, okay. Marissa Tomei is 52 years old. Yeah. She can be an aunt. Yeah. yeah. It's like, he, he's six. I always thought Aunt May was way too old anyway. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Um, Fred Topol from We Live Entertainment, a Spider-Man movie trapped in an Iron Man movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see issues with that, but I don't think they... I guess, but that's one of the more interesting things about it, really, yeah. is, like, watching Peter in this situation, like, when he's dealing with, like, the full capabilities of his suit and having all of those varieties on his web, web shooters. All right, this is going to hit you. This is going to hit. This is going to hit David here. Uh, James Burden, Burdendelli from Real Views this movie lacks inspiration even the big twist is more worthy of, of a suppressed chuckle than a, a dropped jaw it's like something pulled out of a bad soap opera well it's a Spider-Man comic <laughs> <laughs> I mean the, the, the integration of Spider-Man crap into Peter's personal life is a hallmark of Spider-Man storytelling 
So him being there, I mean, yes, it's surprising. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I, I think, you know, it wouldn't have worked if Michael Keaton wasn't so good if it was, like, you know, Willem Dafoe or something. He was like, oh, well, Oh, maybe. Okay. I mean, not that Willem Dafoe's bad, but just, like, the boy the Goblin was in that film. Mm-hmm. Well, hell, hell, they did kind of have a scene like that, didn't they? Like the Thanksgiving thing where... Yeah, the they did, yeah. yeah. And there's, like, blood on Peter's yeah, sleeve. Or... That, that's how he figured it out. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is kind of interesting when they, like, uh, th- those kind of scenes are kind of interesting to me. Uh, like, the, the tension where, like, you know, uh, two, two people have a secret, uh, mm-hmm. and, like, you know... And, uh, but, uh... Yeah, that was really well played. And, and like, you know, the, with regard to the Iron Man thing, it's like, you know, I, I can see that, but, you know, it's... I'm also kind of sick of, like, you know, these Marvel films that, you know, take place in a vacuum. like a Yeah, I agree. Just because we've seen this so much with the Spider-Man stuff. And uh-huh. It's nice to see him interacting and, with the and, rest and of the MCU. And it's kind of more interesting because, like, in the other Spider-Man films, he, he rarely fucks up, like, you know, in terms of, like, you know... Like, yeah, he made, him, he made mistakes. He, mm-hmm. he made mistakes in this movie. I mean, not, you know, that, that happens sometimes, you know, but, like, yeah. it, it's, you know, it usually involves the, the big bad and, like, it's, you know, the animal and this yeah. thing, you know, it's... He's very, you know, very much, you know, still pretty raw. Yeah. I was almost surprised, like, we didn't at least see one, like, one uh, Daily Bugle headline. Yeah. Where, like, especially, like, after he does his Ferris Bueller thing to the backyard and he does all of that damage. Yeah. You think there Menace! Yeah, there would have been something. Like, some sort of headline. That would have been cute. Like, yeah. Like, just walking by it or something. Because it's like, yeah, that was a lot of property damage you just committed. Yeah. <laughs> Alex Jones would be Jay Jonas at you and go, folks, uh, I kept tab on the Spider-Man kid. All right, here's one. <laughs> he is uh, menace. Robbie Collin from the Daily Ter- Telegraph in the UK. A little of the new <coughs> Spider-Man went exhilaratingly long in way of Captain America Civil War last year, but a lot of him goes almost nowhere in this slack and spiritless solo escapade. I can't see how it's spiritless. Yeah. It's just weird. That's the... Well, I, I think... The I don't understand the point of reading. So we have... So we can argue. <laughs> like, especially when a movie's sitting at 93%. Like, come on. Like, there's nothing... See, it was really it was really fun. Uh, because Etzel and I did this for Alien Covenant. But we read the good reviews. Oh. <laughs> Because we spent a lot of the time shitting on the movie, even though we both said we liked it. I, I, I probably would have spent more time... I guess it probably would have been a 50-50 thing for me. Yeah. Like I, I, I really like the stuff with David and the androids. But, like, the actual... Except it's obvious. The twist was bloody in your face. Well, that, that was what I sort of liked about it. Like, they weren't trying to hide it. Gotcha. So, like, it made the scenes with him, like, sort of... Uh, from my point of view, had a little bit more tension. Okay. Because you're kind of like, okay, is she going to see through it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> huh. Like, and I liked seeing her, like, check his arm. Yeah. Because that was the thing that, you know, I was like, is the arm cut off? It's like, I don't know. I, 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 I didn't mind it. Gotcha. But. Uh, bugged the hell out of me. <laughs> the, 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 the black alien phallic thing bugged the hell out of me. Yeah, that came out of nowhere that yeah. felt like it was in the wrong movie. Yeah, I was like, what just happened? Why yeah. is this here? Yeah. W- am I supposed to laugh? <laughs> um, so, yeah, we decided to read good reviews because we felt like we were shitting on it too much. But, um, 
But yeah, the thing I, uh, one of the things I liked the best was like when Peter was put in that situation where he had to choose like going off and doing the right thing versus, you know, swinging down to the party and acting like an asshole. Yeah. Like I was really glad when they didn't do that because it seemed like the obvious thing. Mm -hmm. And then he sees the explosion off in the distance. That's like, oh, good. Good. I have an excuse. (laughs) He'll be Spider-Man. Yeah. Or like at the decathlon thing where it's like, it's the, I don't know, it's sort of the classic Spider-Man thing where he fucks everybody over in order to do the right thing and yeah. nobody knows and it you know it works well yeah it does it, that's something that I feel this movie captured is just the spirit of Spider-Man especially at, like the end the, you know well, the, the, the conclusion of the conflict is Liz's father being taken into jail and her having to move to Oregon yeah. after Peter had to sort of dump her at homecoming yeah he, he achieved what he wanted but he had to throw it all away in order to do the right thing. Yeah. And still chose not to be like, I'm Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, like, he could have. He could have been like... And I like that Peter saved uh, Adrian. Yeah. Uh, like, he was oh, trying definitely. to, like, get him to <laughs> stop. You know, uh, he was grabbing too much weight and it was overloading the suit. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was trying to get it away from him. I was afraid that, oh, don't kill Michael Keaton. Yeah. I actually want to see him come back. Yeah, oh, for sure. And, you know, I think that's something that we haven't talked about that really stands out with this movie compared to every other Marvel movie. That the villain didn't die? That Peter wouldn't kill. Oh. That doesn't exist in the Marvel Universe. Well, I mean, I think it's fair to say that, you know, they don't want to, but... But, yeah, I... I I don't know. The first Iron Man, Tony does it so nonchalantly. I suppose. But, yeah, I think, I, okay, I, Cap's a soldier in World War Two. He's got to kill sold, uh, you know, weapons, so it's like... Yeah. And I, he was tortured and but, I mean, held captive, so... I, mean, I guess it's sort of the thing where, like... Doesn't Spider- count if it's brown people. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess it's sort of the, the, the thing, though, where he, he's kind of like Marvel's Batman... Yeah. From that point of view, where he's like, not the DCEU Batman. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like he shouldn't be killing. Yeah. But I, I did love the, the what was it the auto kill setting? Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Where the, like, like it went down, his uh-huh. eyes went down to red, and it's like, oh, he's like, no, 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 don't do this, <laughs> don't do this. And of course, Tony would put something like that in, like, yeah, I don't know. It, it was a nice touch. It was. It made me feel good. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> superhero that won't kill!" Yay! Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. So we're at an hour and seven minutes. Andrew is checked out on this one. I've been out since seven. Yeah, it's all right. It's long, I know. It's been a long week. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here. Um, I'm David West. Find me on Twitter at David West underscore K O E S. I'm David Gilman. You can't find me anywhere. No, no, you can't. I, I can't even. They can't hear that. I'm a ghost. <laughs> a Did you guys hear that? I didn't hear that. A weapon to surpass even Metal Gear. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Metal Gear. Metal Gear. <laughs> There's a Metal Gear bot on Twitter that just tweets lines. Uh, <laughs> actually, one of the hosts on Chapo is a big Metal Gear fan. Uh, I'm so glad I met David Hayter. <laughs> I have a picture with him. Uh, it's there's, wonderful. There's a pretty cool, I haven't read the article, but it looked interesting about uh, how Sons of Liberty kind of uh, really relates to our current political climate. Yeah, I did see an interesting article from a couple years back. I 
think it was like Game Informer or IGN where they actually did like a, a, a literate examination of the, the game and they're like, it's actually really good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it was really weird back then, but it was just because it, it was pretty much ahead of its time. Gotcha. If you, if you play it now, you're like, oh. Okay. Huh. <laughs> Uh, and Andrew, are you back on Twitter? Are you still are you on Twitter? Can people find you on Twitter? I'm not tweeting at the moment. Oh, because you were kicked off? No, I, I had some other stuff going on. Oh, okay. That I wanted to talk about on the pod. Uh. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, again, uh, find us anytime at kindofepicshow.com. All right. I'm going to hit the space bar. Hey listeners, this is Micus, creator of the kind of epic theme song, Zombie Kids. If you're interested in finding out more about my music, you can check me out at micusmusic.com. Also, I am on iTunes, Facebook, and SoundCloud. You can look me up as Micus Music, and that's M-I-K-U-S, and you know the rest. Alright, peace out everyone. Keep listening.